welcome back to the FKT Podcast brought to you by Merrill Test Lab. I'm your host, Heather Anderson. Today, we're chatting with Mike Wardian. Mike has a tremendous running resume, including some stellar FKTs. Join us in here about what it's like to run across several different countries, as well as what drives him to attempt his FKTs. And thank you, Merrill, for supporting not only this podcast, but the fastestknowntime.com website and the FKT community. Merrill invites you to put yourself and their new Skyfire 2 shoe, their newest, lightest, and fastest trail running shoe, to the test on your next adventure. It's available over at Merrill.com. Hi, Mike. Thanks for uh, joining me on the show today. Oh, man. Thanks so much for having me. One of my favorite things is doing FKT, so getting to talk about it may be even better. Yeah. It, when I was doing the research, I saw you have quite a lot of FKTs on the page, and I know you have a lot of races as well. So um, I'm kind of curious. That's maybe a good place to start. Like, how did you get into FKTs and, and like, what is your inspiration and, and drive to do them? Uh, well, I'd known about them for a long time. And I think I did the same thing. I went back and looked at what my first FKT was. And I think uh, according to the site, it's the CNO Canal Towpath. And so that was in uh, September of 2018. And I had known about them, and then there was never one that really s- struck me as as something that was uh, that I was capable of getting. Like the ones that I knew most about were like the Grand Canyon. Um, that was kind of the biggest one, like the rim to rim to rim, and that's really not that close to where I live, so I right. couldn't do as much research as the guys that have the record normally like they go and train there all the time and so yeah it it just seemed like that or like i'd seen some on the john muir trail uh, and then obviously the appalachian trail and that's one that i just you and i were just talking about it uh before we got on but that's something that i'm really interested in doing but it, it was something that just takes a lot of time so when i realized you could you know do a fkt and that's a little bit shorter i was like oh man that's cool and so I started doing them around 2018, started with a big one. For me, that was my longest run ever up until that point. So it was uh, CNO Canal is, is a big, uh, long kind of like crushed gravel bike path uh, that starts in Washington, D.C. and goes to Hagerstown. It's 183 miles, like 300 kilometers. And so for me, that was about, about I don't know, 80, 80 miles longer than I'd ever run before. And yeah. Um, was was really exciting and and it was cool to to be able to set a good time on that and and you know kind of stretch what you think you're capable of and i think that's kind of the point of the fkts is to do something that maybe you're uh not sure how it's going to go and and then you can be creative as you want and and really that's what i've tried to do with fkts is um you know i've done like crazy ones where you like run uh, around the beltway, but then I've also done some more traditional ones. Like I uh, set the FKT across Israel on basically the mm-hmm. Appalachian trail of Israel. And so, and, and then some, you know, very kind of hard to do ones like, uh, in the Galapagos islands, I was able to set some FKTs while we were, uh, there as on a family trip and have done some, uh, just this year I ran from the, the David statues in Florence, there's like three different David statues. And I ran from like the original David statue to like one of the replica statues to another one. So like, I think what's so awesome about it, FKTs is you're kind of only limited by your creativity and then, um, you know, circumstances, like if you can get there and, and make it happen. And, um, that's, that's what I think is cool about it. 
and including like I, I got to celebrate like last year I ran across the US and um, this year I celebrated that by I didn't have as much time this year. So I thought, well, I can run across a, another country from ocean to ocean. And, and I went down to Panama and uh, set the FKT there um, in May 1st, which was the day I started my run across the U.S. in 2022. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a real treat to get to explore the world and get to race or, you know, challenge yourself in places that you can't typically have a race. So that's, you know, one of the biggest things I love about FKTs is you don't have to be uh, constrained by, I don't know, anything really. Like you can do it on a Tuesday afternoon or, you know, when you're just in the best shape ever, or you don't have to wait two more weeks and taper for it. You can just go out your front door and, and, you know, challenge yourself on a daily basis, or, you know, you can build up to one that, you know, maybe a year or two off. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. Like the, the creativity in FKTs and also just that flexibility to just go do it when you're ready and when the time, you know, when you have the time and when you feel good. And it's funny, you mentioned that David, 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 FKT, because when I was researching you, I was like, what is David, David, David? You know, <laughs> like, what kind of an FKT is? So I love that. I love seeing these like creative routes and, and things like that um, you've come up with and that other people come up with. I think it's really neat. Yeah. And that's what I think is awesome about it is like you can go on and, and like there's uh, we're looking at doing a trip to Cape Cod in August. I'm going to race the Falmouth Road Reach, which is like a very old school, traditional like road race. Unbelievably beautiful. Has an awesome story. You like, you know, run from Woods Hole to Falmouth. And it was basically because like some guys were drinking in Woods Hole and were like, hey, we have an hour to get to Falmouth. And so they ran like seven miles there to get like one more beer. Um, so and, <laughs> and so it's got this like awesome kind of history around it. But then there's all kinds of FKTs on Cape Cod. So I'm going to look at doing a bunch of FKTs on Cape Cod when I'm there, including some that are really cool. Like, I don't know if I'm going to try it, but there's one around Martha's Vineyard where you like run. It's all on like on trail, basically, except the parts where you have to like swim across like the ocean to the other part of the island. Oh, wow. And so like and I've thought about like doing one like that around Kauai where you run like the Nepali Coast Trail. And then you get to the end, like the hidden beach, and then you kind of swim around the edge to the, you know, the other part of the island, and then pick it back up. So yeah, I, I think like, you know, having an open mind, and and then also seeing what other people are doing on the site is cool too. Like that's that's one of my favorite things too, is just being like, oh man, I didn't even think about like. There's one that I set where my friend ran from. There's two or three airports in the D.C. area. So there's one at Dulles, uh, which is a pretty big one. A lot of people know for international travel. And then Reagan is a kind of more local, closer to the city one. And a guy named Greg Nance, who's a friend of mine, set that time. And I saw it and I was like, oh, my God, dude, I'm going to totally try to do that. So uh, so I did that and broke it. And it looks like I didn't even know, but some guy broke my record by about 58 seconds so yeah i guess i guess he went and broke my record so that's the other thing too is that you can you know establish a record and someone can see it and then you know try to break it mm -hmm. yeah uh that's kind of a funny thing i saw that as well and i was just like running between airports is like next level like i'm gonna miss my flight like <laughs> like a funny thing so, yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit more about your run across Panama, because I think that's your most recent FKT. Yes. And 
yeah, you you mentioned you did it because you wanted to to um, commemorate your run across the U.S. last year. Is that kind of why you picked Panama? I did. Yep. Uh, I picked Panama. Well, there was a couple of reasons. I actually, in 2007 or so, um, submitted a proposal to my sponsor at the time, and I ended up not getting um, not getting executed. It just like uh, they used the money for something else, which was fine. And so I, you know, I had this kind of in the back of my head for a long time. And then my friend, uh, Phil Hargis, who I do a lot of these FKTs with, he's like my support crew, like magician with like route finding and everything. Uh, and he just loves like this as much as I do was like, Hey, I'm going to be in Panama. And I was like, Oh my gosh, dude, I've been thinking about running across Panama. And he's like, Oh man, cool. Let me see if I can find a route. And I was like, okay, cool. And so we did. And then I was like, Oh, this would be a perfect way to celebrate uh, the run across the U S so like it'd been kind of churning in the background for a long time. Uh, and then I also work in international shipping. So like I have a kind of affinity for like all things maritime and like the uh, Panama mm-hmm. canal is just like one of the most incredible feats of engineering anywhere. And, and to get to right. see it up close and in person, um, I'd seen it once before, but like, I thought figured like, Oh, the chance to get to be down there and, and, combine my passion for running with also like what I do for a full-time job would be pretty cool. And so I went down and was really excited to, to try to set the, um, the fastest known time. And I did what I was not excited about. And I, and I wanted to talk to you guys about this was, uh, I set the time and then another guy was like, Oh, I ran faster than you. So like, I think there definitely should be like some, something in place for when somebody establishes a time, like or they run a certain route that they have a certain amount of time to post it so that if you are going down to try to break it, that you know what time you're shooting for. Cause I broke the time that was on the site by like two and a half hours. Uh, but then somebody saw my time and they're like, Oh, actually I ran faster like four years before that or something. And I was like, well, had I known that there was a faster time, I would have, of course, run a little bit faster or at least tried to run faster. Right. So, right. Um, so I, I, I definitely think there's, you know, things that can be improved um, to make sure that you know what you're going for and, and that everyone's on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately it definitely comes down to if you snooze, you lose. If you don't put your time out there, I mean, yeah. you can come back and say to anybody, I did it faster than you. Like, right. <laughs> it doesn't mean you did. You know, right. so, yeah, kind of crazy. If you establish it, like, I mean, I was saying to Tyler, a friend of mine, uh, was like, hey, if, imagine you spent like $10,000 to go uh, the fastest time up Kilimanjaro, and you, the time you thought you had to beat was eight hours, and you ran seven hours, 30 minutes, and then you post it, and then some guy says, oh, actually, I ran seven hours and 28 minutes. Like you'd be like super pissed. You probably spent like $15,000 and you got all this uh, support. Like I had, you know, friends come in to help me with this. And, you know, we definitely could have done a little bit better had we known what time we had to beat. So like, I think there should be kind of a, a limitation like, hey, if you don't submit it within like a year or so, then you have to reestablish it or something like yeah. you have a, a, a grace period to, you know, post it on the site or else you can't claim it later after the fact. Right. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how the um, the folks that actually uh, validate these handle that. 
your time is the only one on there, so obviously they didn't uh, put well, the Well, no, actually, uh, no, time for on the there. Pacific to... So they gave mine for the Pacific to the Atlantic, but then if you look yeah. at Atlantic to Pacific, that's... Yeah, there's a... T- there's a, he's a only d- a half hour faster. Right, but he didn't post that until after I posted mm. my time. Yeah, I, I saw that, and it seems like it was part of a race. Yeah, exactly, so which I is think another that's some thing sort of, yeah. where they say like they may consider it as part of a race. So that's the other right. thing where, like, okay, that's different thing, too, because then you're able to pace off of people. For sure. And then you're also able to use the aid stations, whereas, like, I had to actually have my friends... Um, set up aid stations and take them down and like drive and like also you don't have to route find which is a different thing too so yeah yeah i feel like that is a you know a a whole different thing but right yeah oh for sure yeah races and fkts definitely are differentiated they're completely different yeah yeah so i'm kind of curious because you talk about the canal obviously and so i'm curious about like can you describe your route and like what it was like as far as like road trail and also just like were you able to see the canal the whole time like was this pretty much right along the canal like I'm kind of curious like what it looked like oh my gosh so I posted some pictures um it was definitely not near the canal uh so we tried to get near the canal and it's actually it's weird the canal kind of goes for a little bit it's like five mile section and then it goes to this big lake and then it goes to like a canal kind of at the end. So it wasn't really possible to run very close to the canal. So I started basically right on the Pacific Ocean, which is weird because I kind of ran east to west. And so I actually started at the Pacific and ran to the Atlantic, which seems counterintuitive, right? If you're running east right. to west, like based on everything yeah. I know in my head, it was yeah. like messing me up the whole time. I was like, wait, wait, I'm running east I'm going to the west. wrong direction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I totally had to zoom out on the map on the FKT page when I saw it. Because I was like, wait, you started in Panama City, but that doesn't make sense. Like, because you said you started on the Pacific and I had to zoom out to see, oh, like, oh, Panama's at this weird angle. So, yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. So you do. And so... I started basically in this, like, it was unfortunate timing because I wanted to start early because it's unbelievably hot in Panama, even in May. Like, it's just super duper hot. So uh, I started like right at, I think, 630 or 7, right kind of in this, it was, the the tide was out. So it was basically like this muddy pit. Um, So I touched a little muddy water from the Pacific Ocean, which was not as cool as when I ran across the us and i was able to dip my feet in the pacific ocean but it was what it was uh and then (laughs) i they were raising the panama flag so then i stopped and was uh it was basically like the the um national anthem so the lady that was doing an interview with me was like hey you need to stop and i was like okay cool so i stopped and did the national anthem in panama and watched the flag get raised by these like marines basically uh, and then went, ran and it was basically running or across like one of their biggest highways. So it was, it was kind of like, yeah, it was, it was, it was very traffic ridden. It was, it was May day. So it was a holiday, which was actually better because traffic was a little lighter, but it was still pretty busy. And it was, it was interesting because Panama's, uh, relatively green and, and lush, but it was, it was a lot of, uh, road running. And then you're kind of dealing with like jumping over curbs and 
uh, navigating your way around dogs and trash and I don't know, just kind of urban Were there running. sidewalks or were you literally uh, like in the street? It, there were some sidewalks for sure, but you were in the street a lot. So like the nice thing was with running across the country, I'm not afraid to be in the street at all. Even like when big buses and trucks and I don't know. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Or, or like they have these like crazy taxis. They have like the most taxis, like more taxis than New York City. Like it was shocking, like how many yellow cabs they have. Yeah, I, I it was it was unbelievable. And they have Uber and Lyft and everything, but they still have all these right. taxis. Um, huh. So like the taxis all honk at each other, which was really interesting. So like they'll see their buddy and they all honk. So like the whole time I thought the the first like hour or so, I thought they were honking at me like, hey, get out of the road. But then I realized that it was just actually the taxis passing each other and just being like, hey, buddy, what up? Kind of like a Jeep wave or like, you know, motorcycles. When you see them go by each other, they like give each other like the the hey, buddy, we're cool sign. Yeah. So that was interesting. And then the other thing, too, is like the whole beginning is basically climbing. Like I was shocked at how much climbing there was. For some reason, in my head, I thought it would be kind of pretty flat. I think I ended up with like 3,000 feet of climbing over 50 miles. So not a ton, but it was all like 50 foot climbs. So it was just kind of like bumpy, kind of like running around DC, actually. It's like nothing's really big, but it's just like a lot of little cuts. And um, so that, that was curious too. It was just a lot of like bumpy road running. Uh, and then as you got more into the mountains, it got a little bit windy. And then the temperature just ratcheted up. So like from... Uh, seven to about nine or 10, it was pretty bearable. But by like 11 to three o'clock, it was just straight on. Uh, I think at one point, my crew said it was like 116 heat index or something. Uh, yeah, so it was for me. And the day before, I I came right there from like 50 degree temperatures and just like went right into it. So I didn't like acclimatize at all. So that was actually curious too. It was like, just how is your body going to feel? But I just kind of reverted back to like, you know, just had my little bucket hat on and lots of ice and, um, you know, just tried to take care of myself as best I could. Uh, and it worked out. I mean, I feel like that would be the most like significant challenge for me is just like was that heat, heat and weather. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's definitely, especially if you're not, if you don't have time to acclimatize, like, I feel like once you get somewhere and you get used to like what it's like, you're just like, okay, this is what it is. But I think just from knowing myself, like when I've done stage races, especially like the seven marathon, seven days, seven continents, you'll be going from like Antarctica to like Cape town. And you're going from like negative 30 degrees to like 90 degrees, like it just takes like a, a couple miles to be like, oh, okay, this is this is what we're dealing with today and just shifting your mindset a bit. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have experience with like that adaptability. I feel like that takes a very special like skill set to be able to, you know, transition between extremes like that and and know how to take care of yourself in these like wildly different situations. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of it too, is like, I, I, I had a great crew too. So like my, uh, my friend Phil that I mentioned, and then my buddy Tom came down and so they were there and, you know, they were getting me ice and running into like grocery stores and whatnot to, to make sure I had what I needed. But then the, as far as the route also, like we had a couple different routes cause it was kind of open-ended on the FKT. It's like, Hey, just get from Panama to Cologne or Cologne to Panama, however you want to do it. 
so we were on uh, this Transamerica highway, basically, and I got to the top of one climb and the GPS route that we had tweaked the night before was the one that I had on my watch. So like I, they were ahead of me by like a mile and I'm like running down the hill and my watch is, my Coros is actually like awesome because you can just load the GPX file onto it. But of course, right. like it was the wrong file because oh, no. that was no longer the route. So like then I was like, oh, crap, I got to go back up the hill. So I'm like running back up the hill the wrong oh, way. No. But the nice thing is like technology is pretty good. So they saw me going the wrong way and they're like, hey, dude, where are you going? And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. That doesn't seem right. So I was like, this seems like a better route. And they're like, yeah, like stay on this route. So then, you know, I wasted some time there, like going up and being like, oh, OK, that's not the right way. But I think that's one of the cool things about FKTs, too, is like you got to be responsible for like where you're going. And uh, if you have good crew or, you know, uh, like my Koros is able to like be able to be like, hey, stop being stupid. You're going the wrong way. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just um, a couple of days ago ran the AT through Shenandoah National Park and like oh, AT is really well marked. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's like one of my runs that I've done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did the I did the new women's unsupported time through there. Um, oh but my gosh, it was funny congratulations. Like, thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I wanted to run the Shenies for a long time, but I was like so paranoid the whole time that I was going to like miss the AT, even though the AT is really well marked. But it's like kind of that thing where like when you're on an FKT versus a race, you know, you're like really responsible for yourself and like, yes, knowing where you're going. And so like every time I get to one of those little like posts, I'm like looking at it. I'm like, OK, which way is the oh AT my go? God, dude, <laughs> those things are so hard to read in Shenandoah too. Like, they I swear, are. like, I feel like those are almost Braille. Like, it would be better if they yeah. were Braille, because at least you'd be able <laughs> right. to see them. Yeah. And, yeah. That's, yeah. Especially at I night, know. you're, like, down there with your headlamp, and you're squinting, and it's just like, which well, way? Well, and it's, like, reflecting off your eye, too, and you're just like, come on, dude. Like, where is the white blaze? Like, just give me the white blaze. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes at night, too, like, there's, like... um. Sometimes you get the fog. I don't know if you got any fog, but like... I luckily um, did not. Yeah, that fog is like a disaster for the white blazes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did the Pennsylvania AT FKT like three weeks ago, and I had fog the last night, and it was it was like I couldn't see anything. I had to take my headlamp off and like carry it in my hand. I was like, well, at least I'm in a spot where I know there's no other trail than the AT. Like there's not any other, you know, so as long as I'm on a trail, I'm probably fine. But yeah, I couldn't see the white blazes. It was super reflective. It reminded me of Barkley. Like, did you experience fog when you were at Barkley? I can't remember if we were, it was foggy that year or not, but. Yes, uh, I was there two years and it was foggy both years and you can't see anything. Like, it, and it's actually super scary because like some of those things, like, I mean, it, you you're not you don't have exposure like falling off the side of a cliff but you do have like 60 foot drops so oh, like yeah. you are like or just tumbling down a slope through the saw briars and yes. like crashing through trees <laughs> yes exa exactly yeah. and like people are like oh i don't understand why you can't make it around and i was like well yeah i mean there's you know knowing where there's you're going and then, yeah <laughs> and then not being able to see is like a big reason because that you go from like 15 minute miles to like 30 minute miles. And then you're just going back and forth trying to find this little crevice with a book in it that you can't even see. So yes. And I, I've never understood how it can be windy and foggy there at the same time, but it can. That place is an anomaly for sure. Very much. 
Yeah. So I'm kind of curious to uh, to hear like what what really stood out to you about the run across Panama, like because I mean it's just such an obscure like FKT, but like it seems like it would just be really interesting from like a cultural standpoint and just I don't know. I'm just kind of curious what stood out to you most about it. Yeah, I mean, I think there was that for sure. Like, I I think that the chance to run across the country in in a single push is like awesome. Like, I I think that that really appeals to me. I think getting a chance to experience the culture outside of the cities was really uh, something that I was looking forward to and enjoyed. Like, just a chance to, I mean, I only got to see like a little slice of it, right? Like, it's basically the road and the surrounding areas. But you got to see, I got to see a lot just because I, I mean, it, it took about nine hours. Like, so I got to see, you know, kids getting ready for, it wasn't school because it was a day off, but like, that would have been something I didn't know going into it. I was like, Oh, I'll get to see kids going to school and coming home and like what that looks like. But what I got to see was like people getting up, getting their coffee, like what happens with people trying to catch the bus. Like there's all these little mini buses. And I would like, I was running fast enough that I was like, basically became friends with like a couple of the minibus drivers because they're just going back and forth on the same route. So they like still see me <laughs> running like three hours later and they're like, Oh my right. gosh, it's that same like weird dude with the, you know, and the hat <laughs> what on. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why are you still and, running? <laughs> yes. And then the other thing too, is that they're going pretty slow. So like they're picking up passengers and stuff and then they're only going like a kilometer or two to drop them off somewhere else. So like, by the time they've got everyone picked up, I've already passed their their bus again. And then I'm like ahead of them. Uh, and then they're like trying to pick more people up. And so, um, you know, I was able to, you know, get some interplay with those guys and then uh, got to see like the checkpoints where the police are like making sure people have their, you know, taxes paid or um, their cars are inspected or whatever. And so like you're getting to see like, a lot of the daily life and then you know you're kind of running by like convenience stores and taco trucks and and then to see the difference also between cologne which i thought was probably you know not one of the nicest cities i've ever been to to panama city which is it could be like miami like it's it's a really kind of a, a metropolitan city with you know malls and discotheques and and a you know a walking path and to see people out exercising and engaging. Like, I just thought that was really too cool too. And then um, in the countryside, you see, you know, farmers and dogs and, you know, I'm, you've done a lot of like running in, you know, different places, but like, I think it's always curious to see how people treat their animals too. So like um, to see like, you know, that a lot of people have dogs or cats or um, parrots or whatever it might be and, and just how they treat their animals, I think is also interesting. Yeah. Um, and of course to get chased. Like, I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be an right. FKT or an adventure in a foreign country if, if you don't have to, you know, yell no paro or, you know, <laughs> no super loud and um, spray your, you know, water bottles at them. I was wondering about that because, I mean, I feel like even in this country, like I get chased by dogs in certain regions. So, um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So like, were any of the dog encounters really scary or did they basically just let you go after you like yelled at them? Yeah, no, I'd say none of them were really that scary, but I was pretty fierce uh, with my yelling. Um, so I think I cut off most of it. And then I was, I think that luckily I've had a lot of experience running with dogs and uh, we have dogs. And so I, I, 
I feel like I know when a dog's like gonna sneak attack or like you know pretend like they're not coming and then do come or whatever but i think most of the time if you can yell at them ahead of time and just like let them know that you're serious like they usually back off and if they don't then i just book it right right (laughs) i'm just like that's that's all you can do yeah i like i'm i'm looking for like a rock or something to defend myself and then i like because i don't have like i don't carry like bear spray or anything like that i just usually just feel like that's probably like I'm going to be like the person to get injured with their own weapon type person like (laughs) so like I'm just like I'm just I'm just going to get out of here as fast as I can and usually that seems like it's worked so far yeah yeah I feel like you know 99% of the time the dogs just want you to leave their area so as long as you're leaving their area they leave you alone so maybe you've run across more countries but obviously you've run across the U.S. Panama and you mentioned Israel maybe you've run across others but I'm kind of uh, curious to like hear about some of the similarities and differences, like running across these various different countries. Like obviously they're all very different countries. Yeah, but I think there are some similarities and differences. I think uh, the one thing is like you you find a lot of nice people. I think I think that's one of the things that I've noticed almost anywhere I've run. Like people are really curious in general. Like I feel like when I ran across Israel, I had people very interested in like what I was doing, especially if they see you more more than one time in the same day and they're just not like oh that guy's out doing an exercise run they're like oh that guy's been running for like 10 hours like wonder what's going on and why i think that the hospitality has has been extremely encouraging to me like you i think you get a chance to to realize that maybe everything that you hear on tv isn't actually true um or um most people are generally good people uh, I think that I've noticed that in my travels is like, no matter what you hear about uh, different cultures or countries, um, or even different parts of your own country, like, uh, most of the time people are, are generally good people. Like, I mean, obviously, when I ran across the US, I had incidents uh, or encounters with people that, you know, were just jerks, and I couldn't figure out why, like, I did absolutely nothing to uh, invoke, like, someone did throw a cheeseburger at us or like coal roll us or like any of the like stupid stuff that you know people tend to do or like swerve at you or like that kind of stuff but for every you know one person that did that i probably had 10 people that you know stopped and offered a water bottle or like the chance to like you know get in the shade or you know would help me find where the nearest bathroom was or um you know offer us food and and you know that's just one of those things where I think people are generally good. And uh, I love the fact that, you know, you can see that in our country and you see that in other countries too. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely been one of my big experiences, like having done a lot of the the things I've done um, through hiking and and traveling in general is just always that reminder that, yeah, most people are good and people are so very similar across the board, you know, like despite like cultural differences, like in the end, like people are very similar and Oh, yeah. So that's always been something interesting that I've observed as well. And I think that most people want to help you too. like, I think if if they know what you're doing, like, I think it's when they're just like, oh, I don't understand why this person's like, we had one time where, you know, we had the RV parked, like on a street, like in this middle of Missouri and, and the cops came because like the neighbors called because they're like, oh, I don't understand what's going on. But like, once they knew like what we were doing, they're all like, 
oh, do you want some lemonade, you know, or iced tea or whatever? And the cop's like, sorry, I had to come, you know, but like, I feel like, you know, people, yeah, generally are good and, and agreed. Like, I think most people, you know, want to take care of themselves and their family and do the best for them and, and, you know, help other people as much as they can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that that's a, a thing too. Like when, when people know what you're doing, like, then, I mean, I think everybody gets excited about something big, you know, so they see somebody doing something big and cool and unusual, like everybody wants to be a part of it, usually. And I don't think like sometimes they even know that it exists. Like, I love when you tell somebody you're doing something, like, I'm sure when you tell people you're like, they're probably like, oh, how far are you going on your your hike today? And you're like, oh, I'm going to Maine or to Georgia. And they're just like, wait, what? Right. I think that that's enlightening, like that actually people can do these things. And and then it gives those people like it just expands their horizons too. like. And I love that fact. Yeah, absolutely. And you never really know like how an interaction like that's going to change their, you know, their life or their perception, you know, like maybe they're going to go out and do something like that as well. Like now that they found out about it from you. So it's right. Or even if they just tell somebody about it and like that person is inspired, like, and it's crazy how many interactions like I've had with people over the years and, and they've said like, Oh, you inspired me to do this thing. Or, uh, I can't believe that you did that thing. And, and now our son, you know, is, is doing something similar. Like I, I love, like I play pickleball, right? Like I, I love it. And like, I was playing pickleball with these, this couple and they're like, Oh, our, our son-in-law is a runner too. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. And they're like, he does 50 milers. And I was like, Oh man, that's amazing. Uh, and the, and I was like, I do too. And they're like, Oh yeah, we've, we've heard that. And so like, it's crazy how, uh, it expands. I mean, now people that I work with, like they know that it's possible like to go and run for a hundred miles or, you know, two months or whatever it is. Uh, and you know, they probably didn't even notice it. It's, it's like one of those things I have said before, it's like before you own a certain car, like you don't ever see that car. But like if you buy like a Subaru, all of a sudden you see Subarus everywhere, right? Like it's just not even part of your radar if you don't know. Yeah, absolutely. So one more question about Panama. And this is just from your little write up that you had on the FKT site. Uh, you mentioned that at the end, there was a little boy that tried to race you to the statue in Cologne. So I have to know who won. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I won, but I, if it was a shorter race, he would have won. I think he was super fast, but, uh, it was kind of like I did a 5k yesterday and, uh, I ended up winning because the race was 5k, but if it was like a, uh, 2k or I probably would have not beat the 16 year old kid that I was running against. So I think I just got a little bit more experience with like, uh, longer distances and, um, and, and I, all, other thing too, I will say is the little kid did not know where we were racing to. And so I don't know uh, how far he was allowed to range from his, uh, from his parents. So like, I think also maybe him not knowing where the finish line was, uh, might've helped He didn't me. know the parameters of the race. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and talking about your FKTs, especially the trip across Panama. It's super fun to chat with you. 
Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. And I appreciate you guys making the time. And I love what uh, you guys are doing and, and the chance to be a part of it. And I look forward to doing more FKTs in the future. Yeah, and I look forward to following along. Thanks again, Mike, for coming on the show. You can follow his adventures at Mike Wardian on Instagram or at MikeWardian.com. You can see all of his FKTs on our website, fastestknowntime.com. And thanks again to Merrill Test Lab for supporting the show. Be sure to check out their new Skyfire 2 shoe at Merrill.com. <laughs>